informative radio for the Sunshine State. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. The car was the 1968 GT390. It's time to go to work. You need to choose your next picture carefully. You find me the car, I'll pick my next project. You're a movie star, Steve. Surely it comes with its own set of burdens. Let's start from the beginning. We've both done things. No, you did things. This is what you did. How does it feel to be a movie star? Look, Doc, I agreed to come here because I'm trying to save my marriage. What does my job have to do with it? How far are we going? We'll see how I enjoy the ride. It's not just a job, Steve. It's the fame, the drugs, extramarital encounters. Wouldn't you agree? It's not a normal job. You're right, Doc. You're right, you're right. Think about it. A production company completely run by the artists. You know, if something sounds too good to be true, usually is. I'm done with it. Yeah, maybe when your name is Joe Schmo from Buttonwillow, not when your name is Steve McQueen. You're Steve McQueen. Whatever you want. You have a strong drive to win, Steve. Right. You, you said you pick a movie. When I had the keys in hand, Freddie, keys in hand. I'm afraid this is the end of the road for us, Steve McQueen. You know, you could just call me Steve. There's something about your name that just begs for it to be said together. Adios. And now, for all you music lovers, it's time for your traffic report. There's a six. Oh! What is it, Scooby? Can't you see I'm broadcasting here? Pile up on the tri-level, got you backed up all the way to the off-ramp. So, if you're traveling this morning, try to give yourself an extra day or two, folks. <laughs> Hang on, folks. I've just been handed this important bulletin. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you this special report. Like live, as it happens. Hey, this is Chip Foose, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Rock on. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Running your computers at GoogleTanTalk1340.com, and you can hear us live in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out NostalgicRadioAndCars.com. That's where we archive all 275 shows, and tonight being 276. Anyway, hey, uh, I hope everybody's kind of battened down for the storm that's on its way. Even though I may not be in the studio tonight, I am hunkered down in a bunker somewhere remotely in the state of Florida. So that's where we're going to wade this thing out. But nonetheless, here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue with the show. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some of the stuff that was going on, some of the cool shows and events that took place a couple weeks ago in Monterey, California, IA. Interestingly enough, we had Bob Gurr on our show um, three times in a row, part one, part two, and part three. 
And uh, he was a spectacular guest, and I had the splendid opportunity to uh, meet him, finally, when we were at Monterey at Pebble Beach on Sunday. And uh, I got to tell you, for a 90-some-odd-year-old guy, the guy's pretty spry and uh, extremely active. He was uh, there. He was with the um, Le Mans Coupe, which is the uh, Struthers McMinn concept car that was built back in the 50s. And it's kind of a early play on the Corvette. And uh, if you look at the Corvette, you'll see the lines are very, very similar. Also, um, there was a number of noted people there, but uh, a friend of ours that's on our show on a regular basis is Jeffrey Hacker. He's the author of uh, Forgotten Fiberglass or Undiscovered Classics. Well, his big quest in life is to basically undercover, no, no, Dis- un- un- undiscover, no, discover, that's what I'm looking for, discover, bear with me, I'll get it straight here in a second. Anyway, as I was saying, Jeff's quest in life is to find a lot of these very unusual, very early, I'm going to say 50s, oddball, one-off, uh, they're not really coach-built cars, but they're just guys that were car enthusiasts and what they would do is they would create these unusual cars and uh sometimes they'd show up at car shows sometimes they'd make it in mechanics illustrated popular mechanics car craft magazines just weird stuff and uh but he has dedicated his life to uh, finding these vehicles and then when he finds them generally they're in in a very very rough state um kind of like unrestored originals sometimes not so nice sometimes not bad and then he finds people that are interested in preserving these cars uh, one guy that he's done a number of cars with is uh i believe is an orthopedic surgeon out of texas i think his name is mark blinker and i may reach out to him well i will reach out to him and try to get him on our shows i guess he was there unfortunately he was just so busy i mean you got to understand when you go to pebble beach or these shows i mean it's people are just inundated particularly if you're there on the show field and you have a rare car there's people that are just standing in line just to meet you and talk to you find out you know what your story is about your, your cars you know i mean the cars themselves and the story behind the cars are very often more interesting than the car itself particularly if they've been sitting around and passed around uh, this particular car here, the Struthers McMinn car, has been around and it was stored for a number of years. They made six of them. The original one they haven't found, but they found four or five of the the copies that were made at the time. So the Le Mans Coupe that was featured at uh, Pebble Beach this past week was an exquisite example of what the original concept car was and beautifully restored. So my hat's off to uh, the gentleman that had it done and, of course, all the people involved. If you've never been to Pebble Beach, obviously you need to put that on your bucket list. And, of course, I was there early in the morning. And early in the morning on Sunday, people get there around 5 o'clock, and it's what they call the Dawn Patrol. Dawn, D-A-W-N. Dawn, you know, Dawn. Morning, Dawn in the morning. Anyway, but it originated from a gentleman who recently passed, but a well-known collector and responsible for the Black Hawk collection, and that was Don Williams. We had the pleasure of interviewing Don many, many years ago when I um, used to attend the uh, Arizona Concourse in phoenix arizona and uh so the dawn patrol was something that don d-o-n started back in the day and it became a tradition at uh pebble beach and then eventually evolved into the dawn patrol so now when you get there early uh, they have coffee and donuts and it's a perfect time to see all the most amazing stunning beautiful eclectic gorgeous i can't say enough 
cars that will be on the show field later in the day. But this is where they basically come in. Uh, Sandra Button, who is the chairperson for the Pebble Beach Concourse, hands everybody their little booklets and their little plaques that they put in front of the vehicles. And it's just kind of a cool experience. The interesting thing is, is there are a lot of people there. So this is a big deal to get there early. A few years ago when I was there, I actually had the opportunity to meet Jim Farley, president and CEO of Ford Motor Company. And what amazed me about Jim Farley was is the fact that he knew so much about a lot of these pre-war cars and uh, the big American classics, the Duesenbergs, the Auburns, the uh, Cords, the Packards, the V16 Cadillacs, the Lincoln K model, the Delahays, the Delages, the Rolls Royces, the Bugattis, Isoto Fresinis, vintage Ferraris, the Mercedes 500K series, and the list is endless with names of cars I can't even pronounce. But he apparently understood the story right. He at one point worked for... Phil Hill, his restoration shop in Los Angeles or near Santa Monica, wherever it was. So he was uh, around when a lot of these cars were being restored. So he had a lot of firsthand experience. Pretty amazing. Again, like I said, you know, when you go to Pebble Beach, you just never know who you're going to meet. And it's the most fascinating and legendary people in the world of motorsports. And, you know, men, women, like the crowd is getting younger now. We're getting younger people involved. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So, um, but anyway, there was a number of other really, really cool classic cars, and we'll get into those in a little bit. But right now, what I want to do is I want to kind of go back and kind of give you a rundown of how the week starts. So, when I got there on Monday, okay, the first thing I went to was the uh, Porsche event at Porsche of Monterey. It's a car dealership there. And since I was out there working on behalf of Fastlane Travel, which is a travel company that puts together special and private tours to the Porsche factory and the museum in Stuttgart, Germany. Basically, what Fastlane Travel does is they put together driving tours that begin at Stuttgart, Germany. You rent a Porsche, you go to the factory, you go to the museum, and then you get to drive at speed on the Autobahn. You also get to drive on some windy, twisty, scenic roads through the Black Forest and beyond. Now, also included, depending on the trip that you sign up for, you can go to Austria, you can go to Switzerland, you can go to Italy, and sometimes we even go to France. Next year, we're actually going to Luxembourg and to Liechtenstein. So if you, if you want to find out more about Fastlane Travel and all their driving tours, visit FastlaneTravel.com or contact me, your show host, Robert. So on that note, I think what we're going to do is we're going to fire up the stereo and we're going to play a little music. And then we're going to be right back with your special guest, yours truly. And I'm going to continue talking about Monterey. As the storm slowly approaches. The calm before the storm. Here, appropriately, is a little REO Speedwagon riding the storm out. Oh, 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 oh,
Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and uh, yeah, I'm your show host, Robert, and uh, let me continue with my story about Monterey Collector Car Week. So, I had to catch the red eye to California IA, which would leave around 7 o'clock, but that was only after I went through the T, I guess TSA, cavity search, bend over, you know, strip search, and anyway, um... So after I got my rental car, I went over to, which right around the corner from San Francisco Airport, which is on the south side of San Francisco, I went over to visit uh, Roy Brizio's shop. Now, Roy Brizio is well known in the Bay Area as one of the foremost custom street ride builders. Some of his clients, and them a few, are happen to be Eric Clapton, formerly Jeff Beck, and also Neil Young. So I popped into Roy's shop. Just we, There's some pictures on Facebook. I posted those. Just incredible, incredible craftsmanship, workmanship. But anyway, while I was walking around the shop, you know, Roy was there with a bunch of guys that came up from Monterey because it's a big deal, you know. And uh, so I was sniffing around in the garage, right? And guess what? As I walked around the corner, I happened to notice something that was very familiar to me, and that was an FE motor. So this FE motor was not your ordinary FE motor because the intake manifold was off of it. Neither here nor there. I still figured out what it was. But I saw these giant, giant round ports. Well, they big enough to drive through. It was a Ford tunnel port, 427. And the heads were off of it. There was a four-speed hanging on the back end of it. And uh, pretty cool piece, you know. So anyway, so when Roy got a moment, I talked to him, introduced myself again, or reintroduced myself. Hadn't seen him in a number of years. And, of course, we've always been trying to get him on the show, but he's extremely busy. Usually I bump into him at uh, at SEMA. But anyway, so I said, hey, uh, what's the story on that 427 motor back there, that tunnel port? He goes, oh, you saw that, didn't you? I said, yeah. Well, you know, Ford guy is just kind of like, uh, I like a magnet. It just, uh, I gravitate to it. Anyway, so he's talked for a few minutes, and then, you know, he had a bunch of people there, so he did take care of his other guests, and I just went about my way. Hopped back into my trusty rental car, Ford Escape, my my dad, you know, me, a Ford, and, uh, which was a free upgrade. I signed up for a, a Yoda, but uh, they were out of Yodas, and they said, pick anything in the line there. It was Alamo, you know, so I grabbed the Ford. The only Ford that was there, as a matter of fact. Anyway, so off to Monterey I went. So when I first got to Monterey, my first stop was at Porsche of Monterey because there was a big Porsche gathering there. And they actually had, this is the biggest I've ever seen it. Uh, it started out, I don't know, four, five, six years ago. Just a few cars in the parking lot, a couple car guys hanging around, mostly Porsche people and stuff like that. There was 450 cars there. The street was actually blocked off. Some really, really cool stuff. A lot of late model stuff, but there was a lot of air-cooled cars there. There was one Porsche, which I'll talk about a little bit later. It was a 59 convertible D Porsche. It had, I didn't catch it at first. It was weird because I walked by, I saw the car, didn't think anything of it. But on the windshield was written 976,000. Didn't really, it didn't register, you know, because you're there and all the stuff's going on and the people and you're talking and you're taking pictures and you're networking and all this other good stuff. It didn't register that I didn't see the part where it said miles, right? Anyway, I'll talk about that when we get to Friday at the Works Reunion. Anyway, so that was pretty cool. Um, I spent about five, six hours there talking to people. And again, like I said, the reason I was there was to promote fast lane travel because we do primarily Porsche driving tours to Europe through Austria, Switzerland, and Italy. And Germany, of course, on the Autobahns and even on the Autostrada in Italy. At any rate, so that's a that's a big deal. Then the next day, we got up in the morning, my uncle and I, who was kind of hanging out with me a little bit, Uncle Art, big shout out to Uncle Art, and then we went to the Embassy Suite Hotel, and uh, they had the Automobilia, which is kind of a memorabilia, Automobilia, where they have 
you know, books and pictures and photos and memorabilia and toy cars and collectibles and fog lights and emblems and toolkits and and just a lot of really interesting people. So we kind of made our rounds there and spent a few hours hanging around. And then we went to downtown Pacific Road, which is right around the corner. So just to give you an idea, so when you're going south on 1, PCH or uh, Highway 1, um, when you get into Monterey County, it's beautiful. If you've ever been to Europe, it's very much like uh, uh, Italy um, on the uh, Adriatic side. Well, not the Adriatic side, actually the, the Gulf side, which goes over to France. But anyway, it's just beautiful. And it kind of reminds me a lot of Spain, actually. But at any rate, so as you're heading south on 101 and you get off on 156, you go through Castorioville, which is kind of like where the De Monte vegetable fields are then uh you get back on us one and then the first city you come to would be marina then you would come to seaside then you come to monterey then you would come to pacific grove and then you would go through the 17 mile drive area and then you would come to carmel and then carmel valley the weather is actually absolutely beautiful in the morning it's cool it's 60 degrees 61 62 fogs rolling in burns off like around 11 o'clock then it's a short sleeve shirt the rest of the day until about 5 o'clock, and then the fog starts rolling in again, and then the temperature drops and gets down around 60, and then it's back to being sweater weather. Beautiful. So the first uh, car show, the big one, is put on by Classic Motorsports out of uh, Daytona, believe it or not, and it's called the Classic Motorsports Car Show, and it takes place in Pacific Grove, and uh, it's for blocks and blocks. They got the downtown blocked off, which is really cool. I mean, I like it when they do that. You know, Safety Harbor does that. Um... There's places in Orlando that do that. The Villages does that. And uh, so it's pretty neat when, when, when little towns get together and, and, and put together these car shows where they basically block off the street. Date City does it. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, because then everybody just kind of – and it's open. It's an open car show. You know, I mean, you might have to register your car. You might have to pay a little fee to get your car in there. But for the spectators, it's great. You get to see a really cool car and meet some really neat people. Anyway, so uh, once I got there, I kind of made my rounds. One of the first cars I saw was a really cool Alfa Romeo GTV, and then um, as we went to the, I got on the main. That was sitting on the side street. Really cool cars on the side street. Some interesting stuff there too, because you would make this time of year, at this particular event. Of course, it's actually not uncommon in that area because it's a huge car culture there and some amazing cars. Obviously, there's a lot of affluency there or affluence there, and uh, so the caliber of cars are pretty pretty way up there you know so a ferrari is a daily occurrence uh, porsche is like yeah all right it's like a volkswagen there's so many of them out there mercedes-benz who cares but when you start seeing some of these unusual exotics you know vintage cars then it's pretty cool but anyway so there was a guy there and he had built this custom car and i can't remember his name but it was a really unusual piece and marcel is the name of the company and he is actually a i don't want to say a coach builder but a bodybuilder so a lot of these Guys that take, let's say, Ferraris, for example, and they rebody those cars. So they'll die, buy like a, a 250 or a 330, and then they'll recreate a Testarossa or a 250 GT or some sort of very rare and unusual Ferrari race car based on the chassis of these other cars. And then the bodies look like that. And those things still command super, 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 super high dollar. And uh, so this gentleman was there. His name was Luke, I believe. And uh, so I talked to him. In fact, our friend Larry Legas from Predator Motorsports, they do racing Jaguars. They're based out of Clearwater also. So Larry and I were talking to the gentleman for a while. And, and this is an all-hand-formed, you know, built on an English wheel and pounded on a, on a leather sandbag 
uh, contoured. I mean, just a stunning car. And he had a, I believe, a small block Chevrolet under the hood. But the the framework, everything was built by hand. I mean, it took him, I think he said, three years to build the car over time in between all the other projects. But he built some well-known cars for people. That was uh, something he did. His father was Italian. And they came to this country, so he was a craftsman. He worked at, I think, Carrozzeria Torin. So, you know, he was used to working on aluminum bodies. So he was very, very good, very, very talented. But that that was one of the cars that jumped out. And there was just a whole host of cars. There was Porsches, obviously. There was Mini Coopers there. There was Jaguars there. There was a couple Ferraris there. A lot, a couple Shelbys, three Shelbys. And um, and then there was an LT1 Corvette there, which I thought was kind of interesting. Really, really nice one. And it was uh, Bridgehampton Green. I think that's what they call No, no, not... That's Southampton. Bridgehampton is blue. Um, the the green, Grant Brands Hatch green, I think is what it was. But anyway, seventy one LT one four speed car or seventy actually, real rare car, super nice shape. He actually won an award. Um, but it's just a nice show because it's open and those are just a lot of fun. So that's what we did on the first day, and um, and of course uh, our f- friends were giving away awards and there was presentations. And uh, some interesting race cars, um, the usual Triumphs, the usual, um, what was it, Austin Healy's were there, you know, and the Camaros and the Firebirds and the Trans Ms and just a lot of really, really neat cars. But also there's a lot of foreign cars over there and a lot of interesting small bore cars, So, which is unusual for that particular show because the next day on Wednesday is when they have what they call the Little Car Show. And that's the same place. It's downtown Pacific Grove. And it's the little car show. So you will see Izettas, you will see 356 Porsches, you will see Volkswagens, you will see even a DAF, D-A-F, which is a Dutch car. It was a DAF, I think it was like a panel wagon, which I hadn't seen one of those since I was a kid um, overseas. That was kind of a cool car. Uh, There was a whole group of guys with Mini Coopers, including a couple station wagons, there's a couple one-off race cars that happened to be there. There was, uh, what else was there? Um, two electric cars, which kind of caught my attention. One was a bus, a bay window bus, which I'd seen that before. That was kind of cool. But then there was, again, a 911. Now, a few years ago, I was there, and there was uh, a guy that had a Ferrari 308, and he had an electric motor in it. And I know when they were driving people up and they were giving away the awards, you know, they were talking about that a little bit, you know, you because the 911, air-cooled 911 flat six just has a unique sound. And here there was no sound, nothing, just a wind. That's what you hear out of electric cars. Speaking of electric cars, my uncle had a Tesla. Well, he came down from Santa Rosa. We had to stop one in Morgan Hill and had to wait 30 minutes for him to charge it up enough to get the Monterey. Then when we got the Monterey, then he had to go to the Tesla store if you will and he had to wait in line to get it charged again fully charged then he drove it for two days and then he had to charge it again we had to drop it off there leave it there he had to wait in line because i only had five charging stations and you had about 25 guys trying to get charged so he had to wait a couple hours before the car got done you leave your key or fob or whatever that thing is your remote whatever and they had to charge that and then on the last day we had to do that a couple days later he had to do it again and then he had to do it again so Meanwhile, I was in and out of the gas station in like five minutes, although fuel was six bucks a gallon. Diesel was close to seven. was kind of expensive. But uh, nonetheless, um, you know, my, my feelings towards electric cars, I think it's a joke. But if you want one, that's fine. But just keep in mind that you're not saving the planet. 
you're paying a lot of money for a car that has no resale value. When they're out of warranty, you can't afford the batteries to fix them, and you got to you know spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get a charging system in your um, house. So that's crazy. Plus, it's a drain on the system, electrical grid, and then you've got to uh, don't forget what powers the electrical companies: fuel, you know, diesel, gas, all kinds of fossil fuels, things of that nature. Anyway, I went off tangent there. So the little car show was pretty cool. Same thing, they had awards. They actually had an old vintage Indies car. But the majority, the, the whole purpose of the little car show is it's small board cars. So you see some unusual stuff. There was a Darren there, a Devon there, which was interesting. And it was a, uh, I think it had a Coventry engine in it. Sometimes they have Volkswagen engines in them. Sometimes they have Porsche engines in them. I've even seen them with small V8s, which would still be acceptable because it's a little car. There was a Cooper there. Um, there was an Elva there. I mean, these are little, like little race cars. They're pretty cool little things. Used to see them racing in the, in the late 50s and early 60s all the time. Um, let's see what else was there. I, again, Countless Triumphs, TR4s, TR6s, uh, Spitfires, one GT6 plus. Um, there was a couple old Fiat's, old 1100 there. There was uh, somebody took, and it's on my Facebook page. I put it up there too. It took, a, which was classic out of the '60s and early '70s. A short and uh, take a Volkswagen bus, cut it in half, shorten it down, or not cut it in half, but just cut a section of it out and make it really, really short. That was kind of cool. So they could actually do donuts around a spare tire. That was kind of like the end thing. And uh, and there was a few motorcycles there. And then there was a the guy with a Messerschmitt there. And uh, so there was some. Pretty cool little pieces. And then what else was there? There was just an, an assortment of just unusual, unusual um, little cars. And um, so that, you know, show is, is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, there was a, uh, a Matra, Simca Matra there, a couple of Fiat 500s, and, of course, some MGB GTs. And uh, the usual TDs, TFs, uh, Moore's Minor Station Wagons, um, Let's see what was the little three-wheeling car, little English car. I think it's called a a Rowan. Okay, that was kind of cool. There was an Abarth there. That that you don't see those very often, and uh, just neat, 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 neat cars. So that's definitely on the list. Okay, so let's see what was that. That was Wednesday night. So Wednesday night after that, we actually went over to uh, RM Auction, kind of walked around there a little bit. Uh, one of the cars there here that, that had that, that stood out that was actually in the corral was uh, the car that they used in the James Bond movie. Um, I think of it here in a minute, but anyway, it's the one where he was driving the Aston Martin, and basically he was on the uh, on the lake and the ski ramps. The ski skis came out of the side of the uh, the rocker panels there, so that car was on sale or being offered for sale. Uh, countless race cars, Porsches, Shelby's again, Mercedes 300 SLs, 190 SLs, Ferraris, just an assortment of Ferraris. But probably the big deal was the rare collection of Ferraris that were, speaking of storms, that was uh, unearthed, if you will, during Hurricane Charlie in the early 2000s. And as the story goes, these cars were in a little old crummy little barn stored over in Kissimmee. And I heard a story about a guy where they had a lot of Ferraris, and he used to drive an old Ford pickup truck, and his tailgate, if the story is true, was not typical Ford. It was actually a prancing horse that he had embossed on the tailgate. It had a custom-made tailgate and had a prancing horse on it. And the guy was, uh, I believe, a retired doctor, but he was big into real estate. So I, I believe, as the story goes, he was based out of Indiana and then came down here to Florida and bought a lot of land right about the time when Disney World was doing all their expansions. So he was just south of that. So he was like the Kissimmee-Davenport area. 
And anyway, as the story goes, the storm, Hurricane Charlie, which ripped through the center of the state back then, ripped this building into shreds, and all these really cool exotic Ferraris were being stored in there. I mean, there was like a 330 or 365 uh, Cabriolet in there, very rare car. Um, I think there was a uh, Ferrari Boxer X race car, a couple other unusual Ferraris. There was... uh, Another, I think, a 330 Spider in there. There was a 275 GTB in there. There was a 330 Coupe in there. Um, there was uh, a custom-bodied 250. I don't know much about that. There was a Daytona in there. There was also a... And it was really cool how they had the display. Again, it's on my Facebook page if you go check it out. It's, it's either Nostalgic Radio and Cars or it could be under Gulfstream Motorsports. But one car that was in there was very unusual. It was uh, one of six... Um, 1953 Ferrari 500 Mondiales, and I appraised one of those a few years back, back in 2017. It was about a four and a half, four million dollar car back then, or three and a half to four million dollar car back then. And when you look at the auction estimates, I think the auction estimate on this car was somewhere between 1.2 and 1.6. So I think the final tally on that car, with all the juice was somewhere around 1.9. So that would be the sale of the car plus the 12% commission. And don't forget, there's 12% on the other side too, on the buyer's side and on the seller's side, however, which unless they cut some sort of a deal. But that car was basically pieces. And really what was there, the body was totaled, but the frame was there, and supposedly the frame number was there. The motor was there, was not a 500, was a 750, which these are very, very early four-cylinder Ferraris. Um, so that car was probably the talk of the town. That somebody would actually pay that kind of money. But, you know, it's a $4.5, 5000000 million car, maybe more nowadays. Who knows? Is it going to cost a couple million dollars to do it? Yeah, it could, you know. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's it's it's a rare car. One other thing that was cool, there was the, the one uh, Ferrari Spider that was there, the 250. No, excuse me. It was either a 330 or a 275 GTC. C means is, is, is the designation for Spider or or for open cars in, in the Ferrari world or Italian car world. And it had, uh, besides having all the timbers and the lumber and the sheet metal laying all over the cars and the spare tires and stuff like that, this one particular car had a raccoon sitting in the front seat. It was actually kind of cool. So people were, were taking tons and tons of pictures of that. But anyway, so we checked that out that night and we knew the auction wasn't going to be in for until uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, you know, we always kind of like just went there and kind of hung around and kind of networked and stuff like that. The next day, was Thursday, and Thursday they had the um, uh, Legends of the Autobahn. Legends of the Autobahn is basically all German cars, so it would be BMWs, um, Volkswagens, Audis, Mercedes, yep, and the occasional Porsche, and anything else that was made in Germany back in the day. And uh, like even Sundap motorcycles, you know, things like that. A Munch motorcycle, which is very rare. You know, NSU, there was two NSUs there. But uh, one car in particular was really interesting was a uh, this Mercedes 300 SL Roadster, which this lady had owned. It was originally her husband's car. And I forget how many miles were on it, way over 100 and some odd thousand miles on that car, too. And uh, it was this kind of a silver-blue metallic car with a red interior, and, a, and the lady was there. And she drives it. It was a uh, like a daily driver car for her, you know. I guess she was from San Diego, wherever she was from. But it was really a cool piece and again, it's like I said, you know, you just meet some interesting people and the stories on the cars are is equally as interesting as the people are very often. 
Um, there was a Mercedes there. I think it's a 108 car, which you guys probably aren't familiar with that, but that's basically a uh, 60s sedan. And the guy had uh, lowered it, modified the interior, bagged it, um, put a later model Mercedes engine in it, put a five-speed or a six-speed in it. I can't remember, but it was a stick. Really, really cool piece. Had it slammed. It's kind of like a... And just, um, you know, it, it looked like a drifting Mercedes-Benz, really. That's how it was set up. But it was a pretty cool piece. But anyway, that was a neat car that was there. The NSU R080, you don't see those very often. Um, plenty of SLs, you know, like the 107 cars. A couple of 113 cars, Pagodas, Mercedes-Benz is a two-door coupe. So those are, are convertibles. Those are pretty cool. One two-door coupe, which is a, what is that, a 110 car, something like that. That's real popular. That was a 60s car. They were actually all pretty much hand-built. That was a 560 SEC there. That was kind of a cool car. Um, then there was a Bitter. You don't see those very often. That's uh, basically like the German Opel, but it was an expensive modified car based on an Opel, I believe, built either in Germany or Switzerland. It was called Bitter, and they made them, I think, 69, 70, 71, somewhere in there. And they were generally all V8 powered, so they were pretty cool looking. Kind of looked like a Maserati Ghibli a little bit. There was a BMW there. It was a 328, like a 1930s early 40s model that was kind of cool plenty of bmw 2002s plenty of bmw three liter csis so e39s i think that's what they call them bodies pretty cool stuff so and then after that we drove down a 17 mile drive we went to spanish bay and unfortunately i just didn't time it right but the ford had a special presentation of the unveiling of the 2024 2025 ford mustang gtd and I missed that. Unfortunately, I got my timing off, but that would have been really, really, really cool. The car was later at Pebble Beach on Sunday, so I'll talk about that when I get to there. Okay, so now let's go to Friday. Friday is the Porsche Works reunion, which is the reason I was out there um, this time working for Fast Lane Travel. Let me go to that uh, 1959 Porsche again. So the 1959 Porsche, when you when after the opening ceremonies and um, the Pledge of Allegiance and all that stuff, the good stuff, um, on the display was one of the Porsches that was basically like a, um, it's in the new Transformer movie. It's a silver and blue car, and it was basically a 91, 2, 3, somewhere around there, turbo Porsche. So it was there. So it was the actual car used in the movie Transformer. Then there was a really modified 356 there, which was done by Emory Motorsports. He's probably one of the best in the country. And then Jeff Swart was there with his uh, very rare Porsche that he and, and what Jeff does is he he's a commercial and commercial, you know, TV commercials, movie commercials, commercial and filmmaker. And he does primarily a lot of automotive stuff, primarily Porsche. And he's a race car driver and a collector. So Jeff was there. So I kind of hung out with him for for a few minutes. And then there was this uh, 356. Let's get to this 59 convertible d so here's this green car and it's kind of like a smyrna green which is a color they had back then and i don't remember what it was called in 59 but in 62 or 63 it was called smyrna green anyway so this car had had a few owners but complete documented history since day one and it had been driven the car 976,000 miles getting close to a million 
Now, they had had some engine rebuilds and some engine work done over there, but the actual car itself had been driven 900, documented 976,000 miles. That's pretty cool. And uh, so at the time, the previous owner had 785,000 miles on it. And the car was like out of Colorado, I think, originally. And uh, so that's pretty cool. And um, so the engine, like I said, the original engine was long gone. They put another motor in it, and then I think that one got replaced. So basically, it was running a later model 90-horse engine, which is basically a 356 super engine. So that was pretty cool. Um, Fast Lane Travel was there. That's where I was with. And again, you know, big shout-out to our friends at Fast Lane Travel. And if you want to find out about uh, some of our European driving tours, Google FastLaneTravel.com. But I was there with Casey and Christine, and they were working the booth. And I was out front basically working the, the crowd, so to speak. So we had a lot of fun, had a lot of response. We happened to be set up right in front of the uh, 356 display. So I felt really good there about that because there was all these 356 Porsches around there. And then as I walked through the field, again, go to our Facebook page, either Nostalgic Radio and Cars or Gulfstream Motorsports, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I have pictures up there of Fast Lane Travel and uh, yours truly at the Porsche Works reunion. And just a really good selection of cars. I think there was something like 800 cars there, 750 to 800 cars were there this time. Good turnout, a lot of air-cooled cars and a lot of new cars, including a couple of uh, prototypes. Now, one of the things that they have there, another display, is they have... Porsche Classic. So Porsche Classic, what that is, is Porsche has authorized a handful of dealerships around the country to perform classic restorations on vintage Porsches. So what they do throughout the year is these dealerships um, enter a competition, so to speak. And so the winners or the selected cars are on display at the works reunion and then there's a special presentation for the best classic restored vintage 911 and they're predominantly all air-cooled cars so that's pretty cool there so they had some a really nice selection of cars and they could be anywhere from early 911s um out of the early 60s late 60s early 70s late 70s all the way up to 97 98 98 was the last year for an air-cooled porsche including a lot of 356s so that was pretty cool as far as porsches overall a lot of late model cars obviously there was a 918 obviously there was a career gt there some pretty cool stuff and the latest and the greatest so on that note i think what we're going to do is take a break and i'm going to see if i can dig through my archives and find another rainy or stormy related song out of the 60s in fact you know what comes to mind raindrop keep falling on my head since we have bj thomas on our radio show let's play it a little bj thomas don't touch that dial we'll be right back you're tuned into nostalgic radio and cars <laughs> Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I just did me some talking to the sun And I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job are falling on my head They keep falling But there's one thing I know The blues they send to meet me Won't defeat me It won't be long till 
But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red Crying's not for me Cause I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining Because I'm free Nothing's worrying me Steps up to greet me Raindrops keep falling on my head But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red Crying's not for me Cause I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining Because I'm free Nothing's worrying me Okay, we're back and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars and uh, I hope you enjoyed that song, a little BJ Thomas. So after Works Reunion, what we did is we headed back into Monterey, and we went to the arm auction. Now, this is on Friday. So the auction's going good, and uh, obviously we have media credentials, so we're going in there and watching some of the cars bring some incredible amounts of money. And uh, so all I can tell you is the market is extremely strong. In fact, I forgot to mention that on Wednesday morning, we went over to Meekums and... Uh, which we were credentialed for as well. And we walked around and we looked at some of the cars inside. And, of course, they had just uh, probably the most eclectic selection of cars. I mean, everything from pre-war heavy American classics, Duesenbergs, 16-cylinder Cadillacs, um, Delahays, just really interesting stuff. Jaguars, Porsches, Mercedes, Fords, Chevys, Chryslers, Mustangs, Chevelles, Camaros, Torinos, Jaguars, Panteros. They had like five or six Panteros there. Vintage trucks of all kinds. Fords, Chevys, Dodges, Internationals, and Jeeps, of course, too. So Meekums probably had the most diverse collection of cars. And all the auctions... I have to t say, and if you go to, uh, if you read up, um, Sports Car Market did an article about it. So even though the market was strong, it was still a bit lower than it was in 2022. In 2022, for example, they sold the total gross for the week was 473 million, just shy of 500 million dollars in sales total of all the cars. But the sell-through rate, which is the percentage of cars that sell at the auction, collectively was about 78%. This year, allegedly, they had more cars. They only had a 68% sale-through rate, and they sold $400 million, a little over $400 million. So the market is still strong, but it was off from the previous year. So, so I'm not sure how to read that. All I can say is the market's still strong. Cars are still bringing decent money. But if you do buy something, if you do buy something, buy something that you like, that you really want, that you can afford with the intentions of if you have to keep it, it'll always put a smile on your face when you open up that garage door, turn the key, fire that bad boy up, and drive it around the block. 
with your best friend. Anyway, so on Saturday, we headed over to the Concorso Italiano. And uh, that is just a beautiful setting over there on the Black Horse Country Club. And the setting's beautiful because it's on the side of a hill and it overlooks the bay. It's beautiful with all these gorgeous Italian cars there. And, of course, the featured car was Lamborghini, being the 70th anniversary of the Lamborghini. And, of course, the star car was the Lamborghini Mira, which over the years has often been referred to as the very first supercar. And I'm not sure which magazine article wrote that, but it's kind of stuck. So the Lamborghini Mira being the first supercar. And then, of course, the Lamborghini Countach to follow, the Diablo the Aventador, and so on. So Lamborghini has a very, very good track record, although today it is owned by Volkswagen and shares a lot of the underpinnings with the Audi R10. Nonetheless, there was vintage Maseratis, there was vintage Alfa Romeos, there was vintage Fiats, there was a, there were a few Panteras there, and uh, one day Tommaso, lots of Alfa Romeos, just some very, very interesting cars. There was one Bizzarini race car that was there. That was an interesting piece. And, of course, probably the largest turnout of Ferraris that I've seen on one location. Even more so than the uh, Cavallino, which takes place down at the Breakers Hotel down in Palm Beach. But Ferrari had an excellent display. In fact, uh, probably one of the prettiest Ferraris ever made was there on display. And it was a beautiful blue Ferrari Luso, 250 Luso which you know, most car connoisseurs will agree that that is probably the prettiest Ferrari ever made. You know, Everybody thinks Ferrari red, but believe it or not, Ferraris actually look good in blue and green and a burgundy. Some Ferraris look good in white. Speaking of white, there was a Ferrari 400i that was there that was in white. That was a nice car. And lots of late model red Ferraris. So after that, we went back to RM. and hung out there and watched uh, some more very, very interesting exotic and truly collectible cars roll across the block. And um, I think RM had the highest sale-through rate out of aux all the auctions. I think it was about 85% to 90%, somewhere in that range, with the average car close to a million dollars. I think they said 900000 So, you know, just call it a million. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So um, RM, as usual, always does the best. And in terms of pecking order, you know, it's RM, Sotheby, then it's Gooding, and then the rest uh, the rest follow. As far as volume of cars sold throughout the year, nobody beats Meekum. And uh, so Meekum does a very, very good job. And it's got the cars that, you know, just range anywhere from, you know, ten to $15,000 into the multi, multi, multi-millions. So. so now we're going to do Sunday. Sunday is the best day of the week. It's the grand finale. It's what everybody looks forward to. It's the Pebble Beach Concourse d'Elegance. And like I mentioned earlier, you get there very, very, very early in the morning because that's when it's the most exciting. And this year was no exception to that rule. So as the cars are rolling in at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning and it's still pitch black out, but you got the moon glistening over the bay and you've got lights in the background and you've got all these enthusiasts all over the round and camera flashes everywhere it's pretty cool and uh you know the first car rolls in you know and it's a, a vintage duesenberg then the next car that comes in might be of a ferrari a vintage ferrari of some kind and then all of a sudden this loud noisy mclaren comes rolling in there with a big block uh, brodeck chevrolet motor in it you know and then another guy comes rolling in in a 1938 bmw 328 and then you've got another rolls royce 19 
14, 15 silver ghosts, and then you've got a Duesenberg that rolls back across, and then you got a Delahaye, then you got a Delage, then you got another Mercedes, an SSK, because Mercedes was one of the featured cars, and then you've got a Bugatti that comes across, and then you've got another Shelby Cobra that comes through there, a 427 car, which actually belonged to Peter Clute out of Legendary Motor Cars out of Canada, so it came rolling across. And then there was the, the Struthers McMinn car actually came rolling in, and then right behind that was this real interesting car, and it was called a Supersonic 2, and I'll get into that a little bit later. And right when he was coming down, I'm not sure what happened, but I got a picture of it on my Facebook. It looked like he may have blew a radiator hose, and all of a sudden, steam and all the stuff's going everywhere. Well, I just happened to catch it, not right when it went off, but just while it was still taking place. That was kind of cool. So it just goes to show you that anything could happen. And, of course, then they had to tow the car onto the show field, and I talked to the gentleman later. His name was Ray Fagola, Fagola. And uh, super nice guy, and um, who's legendary in in the truck world because his dad eventually started this truck company called Fagiola Trucks, if I pronounce it correctly, which later got bought out and evolved into Peterbilt. Interesting story there again. Like I said, you just never know who you're going to meet. So. This takes place, and all these cars roll on the show field. Now it's getting about 7 o'clock. Now it's getting 7.30. As soon as the cars roll on the show field, the judges are already at work judging the cars because the judging has to be done by 10 o'clock, the latest, okay? So as these cars are rolling on the show field, they're being judged, and the judges are doing a wonderful job. So now we get on the show field, and all these beautiful cars are just glistening in the sun. If you go to my Facebook page, the first picture on there is uh, a picture of the Lodge, real real early in the morning and the lights are on and the next picture you'll see would probably be uh, everybody standing in line for coffee and donuts and uh and then of course like i said then all the cars start rolling on the uh through the gates there on the show uh, heading towards the show field so now we're on the show field the day's beautiful the sun's out and you see beautiful cars it could be anything from 20s 30s duesenbergs auburns cords cadillacs k model lincoln's just incredible cars with incredible vintage coach work just stuff that you just you, you only see in magazines and then newer cars the ferraris the lamborghinis the porsches the racing cars the mclarens the ford gts the lolas racing porsches custom one-off builds that's what makes these concourse so special because these are cars that are in these private collections around the country, even around the world, and they only come to Monterey, the most prestigious concourse event around the world. And, uh, and they compete for these awards. And that's the whole concept behind a concourse. It's a competition for the finest cars on the planet. When you look at uh, the winning car was a 1937 Mercedes-Benz 540K Special Roadster. Just an extremely rare car, finished in black, absolutely stunning, and totally epitomizes opulence and wealth of the 1930s. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wrap up the show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. Tell your friends, tune in for some of the most fascinating stories with the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports and music. Follow us on social media. In the meantime, I want to see you at some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Bye.